The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to GetRoman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win up to a million dollars. That's right, a million dollars. Sign up now at UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Thank you for welcoming us back, or for the first time, into your auditory holes. It's the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode number 36. I think I forgot last week, uh, after the fact, my uh, associate host dedicated it to Frank Thomas. So, sorry, Big Hurt, we forgot to uh, dedicate episode 35 to you. Episode 36, I think I'm going to dedicate to Rashid Wallace, because he was a pretty fun NBA player back in the day. So 36 goes out to Rashid. There's not too many 36s uh, in the world. Um, I'm Jeff Fox, your host. Thank you for coming to the show. Uh, I have hosted the previous 35 episodes. Uh, I also write for a sports gambling podcast and edit over there, and I run the MMA-Manifesto.com MMA website. Um, I do have an associate co-host here. No, actually, just associate host. Take the co-part out. We've uh, we made him an associate host a few episodes back, as the hardcores know. Uh, he suggested last night that we not even do a show, or he suggested that actually, but we, we don't do a recap of last night's Rodriguez versus Watterson event. So I'm hoping he has uh, good content ideas if we're not doing a recap of the show, because uh, it was comically bad for us. We kind of got saved at the end there, and I think – uh, this aforementioned uh, associate host is going to try to put a positive spin on things because he's been trying to do that. I think he's trying to coach me up or something, but he's been trying to put trying to put a positive a positive spin on how horrendous we did last night with our picks. So, uh, without further ado, um, my cheery associate host is going to tell me everything's going to be okay. Uh, he ho- also hosts the Top Turtle MMA podcast and the Prelim Picker podcast. And he also writes for Schwartz Gambling Podcast, and he also writes for MMA Manifesto, and he writes for a bunch of other places too, I'm sure. And his name would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello, Mr. Gumby. I, I do have a positive spin on this. And, and All right, here we go. You, you're, you're right. We got bailed out at the end hard, right? Like, And, and we're going to get into it a little bit. But when you go three and six, which is already not a good number, but you get your last two fights right – you know, there was a second there where we were sitting at one and six, which was really particularly terrifying. Um, we, yeah, we were. We, sorry, ter- sorry to interrupt. We were zero and four. First of all, to start things off, uh, uh, this was the first week that we both had identical picks. So we thought, okay, we're gonna we're on the same page. We're gonna do good this week. So we start right out right out of the gate zero and four. And then we get a win, and then we lose two more after that. So yeah. Sorry, go ahead. We were one yeah, not good. But I will say, if we are going to put a cheery spin on things, and, and you, like you said, that that seems to be my play here. I think that the fact that we both got our locks show that we entirely know what we're doing here. Sure. Yep. But we we nailed our locks and we nailed a plus one eighteen dog. So 
there were quite a few dogs that came through last night. Unfortunately, only one of them we identified in advance. It's it helps if you can identify these dogs before they actually happen. But um, nonetheless, um, how many dogs did come through? There was one, two, three, four, five. Five dogs came through, and out of nine fights, wait a minute, five out of nine for real. It's wild, and we we had what two dogs picked um, when all is said and done, and so we got one of them right. But yeah, it was a, so. I don't feel so bad now. I know that five out of nine dogs came through. That's way more than the usual, like a third. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't our and, fault. And I would also say too that some of the fights that we had on this fight card. We lost, too, and I think they were pretty good picks on our part. Um, you know, Amanda Hivas over Angela Hill, I think, was a foregone conclusion, and we lose that fight the morning of. For those of you who don't know, Amanda Hivas apparently tested positive for COVID, and she's like, that's impossible. I already had COVID. Uh, <laughs> and, like, yeah, it might not matter. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, that's one of them. And then, you know... Ryan Benoit was fighting, and I had a pretty good feeling about against him against Zuru Gadashev. And you know, hey, maybe those two make us five and six, and we're back to being the mediocre boys. Um, so there's that too. You know, like there there were a, quite a few underdogs who came through, and there were a couple of favorites who we had um, who didn't even get a chance to throw down. Yeah, it was it was first of all it was carnage at the weigh-ins on Friday. Uh, Ryan Benoit or Benoit, depending on how you want to say it, uh, pretty much almost died trying to weigh in. He couldn't even. Stand and then they let walk. him weigh in a second time. What are you doing <laughs> letting him back on the scale? He missed weight fairly badly, right? Like five pounds is a bad miss. He, yeah. he missed weight by five pounds, so so a substantial miss, and he looked like hell. He, he looked like he was going to faint right where he was standing, and I was like, oh, okay, so this is over, right? Like this is the, he's not going to fight. And then they were like, you feel like weighing in again in like 30 minutes, like when you've tried to destroy your body even more? Like, whoa, all-time bad move there on the UFC part. Five pounds out of 125-pound man also, or 126 or whatever he's trying to get to. So that uh, makes it even worse, yeah. So they almost let him die, um, but thankfully he didn't die. That fight got scrapped. We were going to nail that one. We had uh, Benoit in that one. We were going to nail it. He was going to win. Uh, and then, what, Felipe Lins was sick. Um, oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, we, Felipe we Lins Felipe was sick. Lins, so. too. His fight with Ben Rothwell got yanked. I guess that wasn't necessarily weight because he probably wasn't cutting weight. Cause usually he weighs in what the two thirties or something. So that probably he legitimately probably was sick with something. It wasn't. Usually I assume when they say the guy got sick last minute, I'm saying okay, well it's it's a weight cutting issue even if they pretend it's not. But probably not. Probably not in his case since he's. I don't think he. You wouldn't think he would cut <laughs> to 230 pounds before a fight when he when he could have weighed 265 or whatever. So yeah, that that would be a really weird move on his part. Yeah, I, yep. I'm assuming he was also just uh, ill. Yes, so that uh, or maybe even COVID. Who knows? Uh, Lucked down to what 10, and then as Dan said, Amanda Hebos and her father too, apparently or her coach, um, both got COVID. Imagine that. Um, so that brought us down to nine. So um, you would have hoped by now the UFC would have had their fighters vaccinated i know dana white was bragging how he got all the employees vaccinated but he's also very careful to say that the fighters are contractors so i guess that wasn't the case for for the fighters you would think they would want to prioritize that so things like this wouldn't happen their plans wouldn't get uh get scuttled last minute but um maybe i'm thinking too logical here yeah i you know that that's the one that shocks me but then again i will say this 
if you're if you're looking at that, you got to remember some of these fighters are not in the United States, so that obviously yeah, changes the availability and 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 not to stereotype either, but a lot of these ones who are testing positive at the last minute are because they were in airports coming from other places, right? Like Volkanovski recently, Amanda, he actually, I don't actually know where Amanda Hebos trains, but I assumed Brazil and and maybe correctly assumed Brazil, but like a lot of the ones we're seeing get canceled last second are, you know, coming from overseas where, Hey, it's not so easy to get a vaccine in, in some of these countries. It's true. There's a certain country that seems to be hoarding all the vaccines. I hear, I hear you guys down in the States. It's like, you have so much of it that your tap water basically is vaccine now. It, it just because you have so you, you they don't know what to do with it. You're like, oh, just put it, just have it change, uh, swap out the tap water. We'll just put vaccine in there. So <laughs> that's what I hear. But anyhow, I, yeah, um, I, I can confirm all of that to be a hundred percent true. That's what I thought. I I thought the rumors were true. So all right, that's now that we've told everyone how horrible we, we've done, we may as well break down the, the whole card and, and look to move forward. Uh, before we do that, let me tell you about our good old friends at WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Donors promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Make sure you go to uh, W-Y-N-N-B-E t.com to get all the info and download the app today and check out their odds and whatnot. Hopefully they have the Suns, um, my Phoenix Suns favorite to beat the Lakers tonight. They probably have. I uh, didn't get a chance to go on and check, but probably have because the Lakers are always hurt. So, all right, let's uh, break down. We were calling her Rodriguez, I believe, last week. It's Rodriguez because I forgot she's Brazilian. So it's a it's an H, not an R at the starting of the name. So it was UFC on ESPN, Rodriguez versus Watterson. We ended up with nine fights, and Dan and I nailed three of them. So we we did amazing. Um, we did ma- nail the main event. Pretty much happened. Uh, I guess Michelle Watterson was more competitive probably than, than we gave her credit for uh, in this. Uh, this was my lock pick. I got Rodriguez at minus 200. Um, she cruised through the first three rounds, seemed to get slow down a bit in the last couple, and that's when Watterson turned it on. Um, did some crazy things to her jaw with uh, with a karate kick, um, but she still ended up losing three rounds to two, four rounds to one on, on two scorecards. So it it really wasn't that close of a fight. Watterson did make it interesting, like I said, the last couple rounds. Uh, didn't really ever have Rodriguez rocked or, or in danger of finishing her, uh, but she definitely um, definitely knocked her around with with her kicks. It, uh, Watterson looked looked very very good in the fight, but it played out pretty much the, the way we thought. Uh, Rodriguez was. Too good, too big, too long, too good of a striker, and um, Watterson would be better suited for Adam weight class once again. Um, but the UFC doesn't have one at this point. But we're going to keep banging the drum until they do. Yeah, and and I think this was a really great example of the size disparity between her and a straw weight that really cuts. And and granted, it was happening at flyweight, which means she even yeah. had to cut a little bit less, um, which is unfortunate for. Um, you know, it's unfortunate at least for for Waterson in this case, but yeah, she she just like didn't look like she could get on on the inside of a striker who's as long as her and as talented as her, and she didn't look like she could you know, you know everybody loves her kicks too, and, and her kicks cover great distance, but like like you said, she was landing them late, but ultimately they weren't powerful enough or good enough right. to get get her anywhere near somebody who looks like Marina Rodriguez does and. 
you know, like this is apart from, you know, if she had fought somebody with some scary wrestling, which, you know, not for anything. Strawweight has a ton of scary wrestlers. I was looking at the rankings. Carla Spars is in there. Tatiana Suarez is in there. Um, you know, even if you go way down near the bottom, Kanako Murata is in there, and she's a beast. So, like, I, I just think, like, you know, ultimately they're – she's not well suited for this division and, and kind of sad to see it in this fight, but yeah, it, it played out like we thought Marina Rodriguez looking like an absolute beast in there. Now. Yeah. I think Watterson just doesn't have the, the power like her, her, they were going crazy about her, the way she kicks, like, like they're her hands, but it's basically, she uses her feet as a jab. Basically. Um, it, it's not really knockout blows, even though she did, um, did look like she did something nasty to Rodriguez's jaw in the in the last round there, but um, it looked like it was it just ended up being swelling. It looked like her jaw was dislocated or something for a while there. It was uh, looking kind of freaky there. Um, main question is: Did Waterson get beat up enough for you, Dan? Because you really wanted her to, to get beat up. <laughs> I knew you, you were going to. You were really banging the drum in the last few episodes. You really like were all over when you see um, the nice uh, mom Michelle Waterson get beat up. Yeah, it's um, funny that on you Mother's Day the- weekend. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's funny that you mentioned the mom part of it, too, because, yeah, like, the the video packages at the beginning, of course, because we had eight cancellations, it's like you tune in at, at whatever time they tell you the fights are going to start and immediately tell you you got 40 minutes of pregame before you're going to get right. to an actual fight. During that time, they're like, oh, by the way, it's Mother's Day, and she's, like, separate from her daughter for, like, the first time in her life, and I was like... Oh, I feel like even more of an ass than Jeff already made me feel like. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, I, I did regret saying that a little bit, but then once the fight started and I saw quite a few people all over Twitter about how great Michelle Watterson was, I, I wanted her to get punched again. Oh, um, no. And, and, yeah, and I don't mean that in, like, a mean way. Like, she's very no. sweet. She's very nice. She's a wonderful mother. I loved watching her and her daughter do their open workout together however many years ago that was. But, like, ultimately, like, I am always going to be the contrarian who enjoys watching a fan favorite get beat up a little bit. Um, and I, that's what I got here. Uh, I did, I was a little bummed that Rodriguez didn't get the finish, but that's mostly just because, um, I dabbled a little bit on the Marina Rodriguez prop, uh, ah. inside the distance, and that did not play out the way that I thought it was going to. So, uh, a little bit of a buzzkill there. But apart from that, yeah, she, she sufficiently beat up Watterson for me. You shouldn't gamble, Dan. Gambling's bad. What are you doing? It's, it's bad for people. People exactly. Do you shouldn't be gambling. <laughs> Wasting your money. We were just talking about all this stuff for fun, for crying out loud. Um, and did uh, you're talking about all the um, yeah, all, all the uh, video packages and, and the hype videos? Yeah, it was what originally we were supposed to start at what five, and then it got pushed back to six, and then it ended up starting at what like six thirty or quarter yeah, seven like or something six, Eastern six, time. Six forty, six forty yeah. Eastern time. We finally right. got to see yeah. Carlton Harris in the the cage against Christian Aguilera, and we'll right. get to that fight. That took right. a whole six seconds. But <laughs> did you notice? Did you notice something with all the hype videos? Now that I've brought it to your attention on this podcast, did you notice the words that were used to describe pretty much every single fighter? Oh yeah, savage, and it was killer. Dana White would say. This um, like Michael Chandler's a killer, and then like uh, five seconds later, it would be like Daniel Cormier or somebody saying he's a savage, and then they did, they were doing it last night too for for fights last night. But yeah, it was the, the whole broadcast was savage and killer, savage and killer, savage and killer. Yeah, the fun. I, I, I did notice only once you had pointed it out, but uh, <laughs> you pointed it out to me, and I was like, oh man, they do all just, like they don't have any other adjectives. And that's when I said to Jeff, and, and if the, somebody from the UFC is out here listening, 
First of all, I don't want all of your pretty faces to get punched, so you know you do have. <laughs> Second of all, if you need an adjectives coordinator, me and Jeff are available for hire for a small sum of money. Uh, we will we will coordinate the adjectives for you to use in your promo package videos at any time for you. It's basically just the three the three of them, Dana White and Joe Rogan and Cormier, because Cormier just seems to copy anything Joe Rogan does. So it's basically the three of them that are the real the real um, problems here that everybody's a killer and everyone's a savage. So uh, people I that say, I would say Paul Felder falls into yeah, that okay. a little bit too, though. Yeah, he, he, Felder, he's a bit of a yeah. Yeah, bit of a follower got, type not, not a limited vocabulary, but definitely, like I said, just for adjectives. We'll coordinate the adjectives for your, your commentary team. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, the fights did finally get started, though. Um, and, um, yeah, in the main event, Rodriguez uh, took care of Watterson, but neither, you know, Rodriguez may have been worse for the wear of the Watterson at the end there uh, with, with her jaw and everything. But um, good fight, fun fight to watch. Um, now, what do you think is next? Rodriguez hasn't – her standing hasn't changed at all in my performance rankings that I run on uh, MMA-Manifesto. She was third going into this, and she's still third behind the the two uh, – the past two champions, Rose and, and Wiley. So what do you think happens with her now? Like, she – really sh- could be next in line for a title fight uh, if they're not going to do a automatic rematch. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this fight was enough, to be honest. If she had went out there and put away Michelle Waterson, maybe we could talk about it. But, like, look, I, I think Weili Zhang is, is more likely to get a rematch than Marina Rodriguez off of this win. Um, you know, I'd even say somebody like Mackenzie Dern off of her win over Nina Nunez was more impressive. Also, like, not for anything, Marina Rodriguez somewhat recently lost to Carla Esparza, who's in front right. of her in the rankings. So, like, yep. I mean, like, I would just say they need to take those top six fighters in the UFC strawweight rankings. Weili Zhang, Yoani Jacek, Xiao Zhanan, um, Carla Esparza, Mackenzie Dern, and Marina Rodriguez. And just pair all six of them up with one another. In whatever order they should fall in, I will enjoy and just let the best winner fight Rose Namajunas. Yep. Sounds good to me. All all in one night, too, right? One night tournament. Oh, I, I would, it, it doesn't even have to be a tournament, but if you wanted to put all three of those fights on a main card sometime, yeah, would I, would watch the, I would watch the hell out of that. Like, Marina Rodriguez versus Ioana Jan Jacek, Weili Zhang versus uh, Carla Esparza, and Mackenzie Dern versus Jan Xiaonan. Yeah, I'd, I'd put all that on a pay-per-view. Dan watches every, like, we discussed this yeah. last episode, though. Dan watches, like, regional, New England regional stuff, so it's probably not a good... Did you watch uh, Fabrizio Verdum get knocked out and also tap out I somebody did. at the same yes. time? <laughs> yeah, that was very interesting. We're going on another PFL. Uh, we're going to need, like, uh, sound effects for that. We're going on another PFL uh, sidebar here, but yeah. Uh, he, he he got the old um, what Brazilian tap? Uh, the Brazilian t- tap by a Brazilian. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Tapped out, let, let go of the uh, submission hold, and he ended up getting beaten. What a minute later or something got beaten out. But that, that was another PFL was another fun fight card to watch. It's always like fast, like always quick finishes and stuff, which is what I appreciate. It doesn't take much yeah. up much of my time to watch these fights. So no, they're, yeah, that, they're real quick. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. So um, Watterson. Best thing for her would be Adam Waite, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see if that ever happens. But in the meet, she, she didn't look uh, she didn't look bad at all. Uh, fighting two no. eight classes, two eight classes higher than, than she should really be. So 
No, I, I don't think so either. But I, I think she has to fight somebody who it, whose length is not going to be a huge issue or strength yeah. is not going to be a huge issue for her. And, and there are a few in the, that weight class that they could pick from. Like if Angela Hill is healthy and wants to fight right away right. and Watterson does too, she could fight Angela Hill. She's got strength, but like she could get pieced up on the feet a little bit. You know, I'd watch her fight Virna Jandy Roba or anything like that. But like, yeah, she, she's gonna have a tough time with those longer fighters at the top or the good wrestlers. What about Loma Lukbunmi? Oh, I love Loma Lukbunmi. Uh, what about so, what yeah, about her and Watterson? And, and that would be really fun too because yeah. they're both atom weights. Put, exactly, put both atom weights in a fight. That's why it popped off the off the screen from here. Plus, uh, they're both strikers, so it would be fun. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, co-main event. Uh, we nailed this one. I don't know why. Alex Morona was a underdog, but he was um, plus what 118 or whatever against Donald Cerrone, and he took care of Cerrone in less than a round. Uh, TK on him, which is pretty much how we expected the fight to go. It wasn't wasn't really any surprises here, at least uh, us. Yeah, it wasn't a surprise. I will say, if you're looking for a reason why those odds were, uh, you can go ahead and go back and listen to our Ten Commandments of MMA Gambling because we've right. told you time and time again with the big names of MMA, that the the casual money comes in on the big names, right? Yeah, that's and, true. And it feels like that's what happened to Cerrone here. Um, you know, he's kind of a victim of the fact that everybody knows the Cowboy Cerrone name. Everybody sees the video package and the, the graphics that pop up on the screen that he's been in the UFC for 37 fights. But, um, yeah, th- this was not a good showing for him. And I'll also say this. You know, a lot of times when we see guys losing a bunch in a row, people call for them to retire. And I, I don't necessarily agree because – I don't think just losing is a good reason to retire, um, but but we are talking about him having taken some pretty substantial damage in his last, you know, I would say his last six fights, really, right? Because yep. uh, while Nico Price and, and Anthony Pettis didn't knock him out, both of them did a, a decent number on, on Cerrone. And then the other four are all TKO stoppages lately. So, and obviously this one to the... Uh, yep. least impressive opponent out of those six. Um, no offense to Alex Morano. Um, but, you know, this one, this one's starting to feel like uh, maybe it is time to hang up the old cowboy boots. Yeah, it's been, what, five losses with a no contest, which he would have lost. Uh, not uh, It was a, a no contest, which originally was a majority draw, which originally would have been a loss for him if he hadn't been eye-poked by Nico Price, who who lost a point for that. So he's basically lost, what, six, six or he hasn't won in six, six straight fights. And there are, what, four TKOs in there, too. Um, so it's not good. He wants he says he wants to go out on his own, but you don't get to decide these things. Uh, well, in, I, will, I will say he's got a better chance of deciding these things than most people because I think the UFC feels like they owe him something yeah. um, for his, like, constant late-second replacement, exciting-type fights. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept giving him fights until he had, you know, like 10 losses in a row. But I would also say if they are going to get him to fight again, I, I think you're going to see an opponent like – um, somebody very beatable in a, with a Cerrone game style, somebody like Mickey Gall, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like he's kind of got a little bit of name value, but also like, isn't particularly dangerous with the hands and Cerrone could probably handle him striking wise. You know, like that kind of opponent, you know, I don't, I don't want to see him go down to lightweight and face the you know myriad of killers that are down there. Um, just sort of like lurking outside of the top 15, like Armand Sakurian or Davi Hamosh or people like that. Like, you know, they're, they're going to have to find somebody somewhat beatable for him. Otherwise, this is going to start looking, uh, I mean, like it did this weekend. 
You said killer is nice. Killer, yeah, is I, I, killer is I a lightweight. Mean, I would like to say that I I intentionally worked that in, but that one actually <laughs> did flip. I hope this doesn't affect my <laughs> offer for yeah. adjectives coordinator. <laughs> exactly. Um, they can do that without you. Uh, <laughs> so basic. Um, yeah, Cerrone's saying he doesn't want to go out like this. Um, saying, yeah, sh- sure they can keep giving him fights, but there's no guarantee you're going to win again. So he may have, you may not have a choice in in this matter whether uh, whether or not you can go out um, with your uh, head held high. You, you should regardless, but uh, you may not be able to go out a winner. That's just not the way it works. So yeah, um, CM, yeah. CM Punk is in that division though. That's worth. That's noting. true. <laughs> he, he's still he's is he still being is he still in the testing pool? I I'm heard. pretty I sure he he's. I'm pretty sure he's still in the testing pool, but oh, Henry Cejudo is not. Right. Uh, which is right. funny because he calls for a fight every other weekend. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, so, yeah, Moreno looked fine. You know, um, he, I don't see him being ranked or anything after this, but but he looked fine. And uh, looks like in my performance rankings, he's cracked the top 20 or, or the higher, um, like close to 20 to 25, somewhere in that range. So he's looking all right. That was the biggest biggest name win of his career, that's for sure. So um, then we also had a welterweight fight before that, which we did not nail. It was Niels versus, Neil versus Neil, and the one that spells his name incorrectly, N-E-I-L-1, Neil Magny. Um, seems to be a guy that everyone bets against, and he always seems to prove us wrong. He won two rounds, uh, three rounds of one scorecard against Jeff Neal and uses length and just – Peppered him the whole time, um, and and was a superior uh, grappler to boot. Yeah, death taxes and getting Neil Magny fights wrong uh, yep. is something I tweeted out immediately after. I just I don't ever have a good read on what that man is doing, um, and I don't think I ever will. Uh, and I think I'm done trying to care about whether or not I can get his fights right because I will say it's just so wild that like in some fights. He is so, so very, very good at keeping distance. And in others of his fights, he is just so very bad at keeping distance. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, like, he's... And you could say the same thing about his wrestling, right? Like, in some of those fights, like, if you go back to the Li Jingliang fight, like, he looked so good wrestling in that fight. And then go to his Michael Chiesa fight where he looks like he has never wrestled before. And it's just, like, it's a weird back and forth because, like, while I think Michael Chiesa is a better wrestler than Li Jingliang, I don't think he's that much better of a wrestler that it should have been downright embarrassing. You know what I mean? And that's what it was. So, yeah, I just, I have the hardest time with Neil Magny. But, you know, to recap the fight, in all actuality, the thing he did so well was use that length, right? Like, he basically stole Wonder Boy's... Wonder Boy's game plan to beat Jeff Neal, and it worked. So, you know, props to him. You know, I'm glad he looked good, and and I'm glad his career is going to continue to screw me over. But, uh, you know, props to him. You know, he put together a good game plan, and it looked nice. I I guess you you probably could call him gatekeeper in welterweight, gatekeeper for the the top ten or um, upper echelon of of the welterweight division, basically. Uh, 18-7 now in the UFC. He's won seven of his last ten, and he seems to be a guy that, that he put guys, they tried to test guys with, and Jeff Neal didn't pass the test. Now he says he's going to take some time off because his body's not right after dropping two straight. So maybe that's a good idea for him. But yeah, uh, Magny had the had the answer last night, and he was um, we were on the wrong end of that one. So Mister Incons- Mister Inconsistent w- did what he should do every fight, and uh, it won him it won him the fight last night and lost us some money. Hooray! Yeah, and I I think too, you know, you said in there gatekeeper to the top ten. I actually think the win streak he's put himself on 
has him poised for another decently named veteran. You know, like I, I think yep. it wouldn't Possibly. be ridiculous to say that maybe Neil Magny versus somebody like I, I don't know, like Vicente Luque now makes sure. sense, right? Because yep. he, he's I, I mean he's four and one in his last five, and he's beaten Lee Jing Long. Uh, Anthony Rocco Martin, who's a good win, despite the fact he's not still with the company. Robbie Lawler um, and Jeff Neal, and, and only losing to Michael Chiesa. I mean, like he's got to be, man, he he's got to be up there for a name like Luke. Yep, that's that's a good uh, that's a good call. So there you go, um, Sean Shelby or whoever books. I'm not sure who books watch rates. Does he do it or is it? The Maynard do it. I'm not sure which one does watch me. I, I don't remember which one. Which yeah. I just remember Joe Silva doing exactly. pretty much everything. Uh, yep. And now that they got two, it throws me off. Exactly. Old school. Um, fight before that, we got beat. Uh, heavyweight fight, which it was a not a fun fight to watch. Uh, Maurice Green's a frog. He's not even a chunky guy anymore. We called him a chunky guy. but he's Yeah, he got, he got caught. What the yeah, hell was that? He's not chunky, which <laughs> was a big disappointment. I may have picked against him if I had known that, but... Marcos Rogerio de Lima definitely is chunky, and he used his chunk to basically lay on top of Maurice Green for three rounds. And he got two 30-26 scores and a 30-27, and Green just was not in this fight from from the get-go. Yeah, there was just no wrestling defense at no. all. Um, yeah, I, I don't have really much else to say here other than, nope. you know, I, I thought Green's submission offense off of his back would be a little bit better than it was, and it was uh, – in a word, bad. Yep. So um, going over the odds, Rodriguez, she was favorite. She won. Murano, underdog. We nailed that one. Uh, uh, Neil Magny, under, uh, underdog. We didn't get that one. And then we had Green as the underdog, and he lost. So we're, yeah, we're whiffing on all the underdogs, and um, and the ones we are picking are coming through. Yeah, it was it was a fun night. So, um Speaking of fun nights, let me tell you about Roman. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S.-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. Whole process is straightforward and discreet. Get started. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. So get, go to getroman.com slash SGP now and get 20, uh, not 25, I'm giving away extra money here. $15, how about? $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoma.com slash SGP. Get started now and save $15 on your first month of treatment. So always, SGP is always your code no matter where you go. Um, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's get positive again. A fight we did nail. Um, and this was another uh, weigh-in day mishap. Um, Diego Ferreira came in four and a half pounds overweight. He was 160 and a half for a lightweight fight um, against Gregor Gillespie and our stats didn't lie to us here. A uh, guy came in overweight and lost the fight, which is the way things have been going here. That would make it 65% of the time um, a guy a guy or a gal comes in overweight and loses. So they've only won 35% of their fights leading up to now. So Gregor Gillespie put it to him. It was a very high-paced grappling versus wrestling fight or grappling versus jujitsu, if you rather, fight. Gillespie superior wrestler uh, for the, the grapple jiu-jitsu guy and uh, Gillespie ended up 
uh, pounding him out um, with the ground and pound in the second round. But it was a very good fight and very uh, good bounce back win for Gregor, the gift Gillespie. Yeah, and I would say, you know, a bounce back from his loss to Kevin Lee, which if you saw his post-fight interview, a little emotional there too. So obviously it was very meaningful for Gillespie. But I would also say it was a bounce back within the fight itself, right? Because he he did get the takedowns early on in the first round. Yeah. So he looked good doing that. But the the problem there was is that he he wasn't able to hold those positions. A lot of sweeps from from yep. Fajeda, a lot of sub attempts that he used to to turn the position around or get back up. And um, you know, he, he, I, I actually think he probably lost that first round, and he looked exhausted at the end of it. So you know, real bad news for him. It looked really terrible. And then he came out and somehow looked about four times fresher than even when he started the first round, which was crazy. Um, so it was like a beautiful comeback within a fight that was a comeback to his career. Um, you know, just overall a really nice night for Gregor Gillespie, who was, by the way, my lock. <laughs> there, yes, it's true. That was He was Dan's lock. He was at minus 170 range, I think. Um, yeah, he, he was your lock. And what's her name? Uh, Rodriguez, uh, sorry. No disrespect, Marina Rodriguez. Uh, she was my lock. So we, we did nail both of our locks. Um, I may have known someone who parlayed both those fights too, so I'm sure that person is happy they listened to us. Um, yeah, so and only uh, our locks that person listened to apparently. exactly, <laughs> and none of the rest. So, so for so for locks, um, I don't mind giving you the, these numbers. Locks, I'm eight and one now since we started new locks. I'm at three hundred. I'm up three hundred ninety-two bucks, forty-four percent. Dan is above five hundred now. He's five and four. He's still down ninety bucks, but he's clawing his way back. Um, and then overall. Uh, picking every fight, which is a, a hard task, let me tell you. I'm at 55%, Dan's at 53%. So we claim you should bet 100 bucks in every fight on every card, but it probably isn't your best money-making plan because we're, we're down quite a bit of money doing that. But regardless, um, with the locks, we, we nailed it. So Gillespie uh, did look good. Uh, probably the biggest win of his career you could say because he finished finished this guy too um, which is a big deal Um, and this in my rankings it bumps him up he goes ahead of Conor McGregor up into seventh spot do you have any names for him you'd like to see him fighting next he's above like I said McGregor uh, Grant Dawson Dan Hooker he's below Tony Ferguson and Islam Makashev yeah it's, it's like really hard for me to decide what should be next for him? Because on one hand, uh, you know, he lost to Kevin Lee recently, who was right, right. ahead of him in the UFC's right. rankings. And he, he lost to, to Kevin Lee, who's a guy who's mostly a grappler by a vicious knockout. So, uh, you know, do you write that off as a fluke and, and catapult him up? Or do you think he probably needs some more seasoning? Because if Kevin Lee's going to knock you out, so are some other people. You know, I'd kind of like to see him fight somebody uh, similar to Diego Fajeda, who's got some similar skills. Um, I, I know Benil Dariush is scheduled to fight Tony Ferguson this weekend, but somebody like Benil Dariush would make a lot of sense to me, um, yeah. right? Because he's not like a better wrestler than than Gregor Gillespie, but he he is like he does have fun tools that are you know as we saw because he's coming off a win over Fajeda as well, like enough to to push him a little bit further. Um, you know, I worry about giving him somebody just like Dan Hooker because I think he's just going to grapple the hell out of Dan Hooker. I, I'd pick him to beat Dan Hooker or Paul Felder or people like that. Um, so I guess you could give him one of those to build their, his name. I guess that's another thing you could do. 
Right. I, I think ultimately it just depends on what the UFC wants to do with Gregor Gillespie. Do they still think he's a world beater? If so, give him a name like Dan Hooker and let him go steamroll him. If you think he's not a world beater and you think you got to find out if he can actually box or something, then a name like Benil Dariush or Rafael Dos Anjos or, um, I mean, even Islam Makachev, which, which would be a real test for his grappling, um, would all be like the right ways to find out if he's the real deal. Yeah, it's true. He's also not the most active fighter, so who knows? He, he could disappear again. Um, this was his first fight in 2021. He didn't fight at all last year. He only fought twice in 2019, twice in 2018, twice in 2017. So he's basically um, about two fights a year. So we may not see him till the end of the year now uh, at the earliest, uh, at least according to the schedule he, he was on in the past. But, yeah, interested to see where he where he heads next um, after this win. Um, as And then the opener on the main card, excuse the language, but goddamn Phil Haas did it again to us. <laughs> against him and... Phil Haas beat us again. Uh, he, he was an underdog against Kyle Dawkins and didn't look like one in there. He won 30-26, 30-26, 29-27. question, what was going on with his hair? What was going on in the back of his hair? Was it falling out? What, was it a design? What was going on with his hair? Did you, you know, notice I, that? I spent, a, I spent a solid 10 minutes talking to my wife about what was going on with his yeah, hair. Was yeah, was that by design or was that like... Was she 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 seems to think it wasn't. She she seems to think that that was like I, I don't know if you guys are college basketball fans out listening, but like the Ed Cooley look, who's, who's right. the coach of Providence, who's got the weird uh, smiley face on the back of his head. Um, she seemed to think it was like an Ed Cooley thing, where his his hair just fell out in patches and or had some sort of procedure that that caused that to happen. Um, I think it was intentional, personally. I, I think. <laughs> It might have been done poorly, like they were gonna, like maybe, maybe, maybe dye in a black H in the back of his head or shave a black, and it just like the hairs did not cooperate, and it wound up looking like it did. But uh, it was weird, whatever it was. Um, and in addition to weird, yeah, you're right. We we continue to weirdly just underestimate Phil Hawes every single time out. Um, I uh, on a, a uh, extra note here too. He's already booked for his next fight, so we've got our next fight. We're gonna get wrong uh, happening in July against Darren. Did I see it was against Darren Wynn? No, I I didn't hear that. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he's already booked for a fight in July. I think it's Darren Wynn, if I'm remembering correctly off the top of my head. And I will say ahead of time. That that's a fight I think Phil Hawes can win, and I can't wait to pick him and watch Darren win. Uh, bum me out pretty hard. Yeah, you you have to pick. Uh, yeah, you. I believe you said in episode thirty five, you said that if uh, when he screws you over again, you're going to have to pick him. So and there you it, go. It's I, happened. I, I think it's yep. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, not much to say because we didn't pick him, but yeah, he he looked. Uh, he was in control basically the whole fight there. Um, that wasn't. Was not in doubt as as the thirty what thirty twenty six scores would uh, would tell you. So yeah, we didn't nail that one. We also didn't nail Michael Trezano, who I didn't realize had that amazing mullet. I may have picked you, you, him. You got to pick the mullet if it's there. Yeah, and it, we didn't. That's we got to do more more film on that. <laughs> yes, because yeah, um, yeah, but we blew that one. Um, do you have the stats known. on mullets? Do you have the stats no, on mullets? But, but I wasn't. I was a huge fan of why am I blanking on his name? WEC. Oh, one of my favorite uh, Miguel Angel um, Torres. Yeah, M- Miguel Angel 
Torres had an amazing mullet, so maybe that's why I'm a fan of it. But I like the Roy Nelson uh, mullet when it was around. The Roy yeah, Nelson yeah. mullet was a good time. <laughs> See, notice how we're, we're talking about people's hair now because uh, we got all these picks wrong. So we're we're deflecting and trying to uh, trying to um, skim over the fact that we lost. So yeah, Trezano was an underdog against Ludovic Klein. He was a big underdog. Yeah, Klein was minus two forty. So. Uh, whoever picked Cruzano made some good money, but he uh, Klein did not did not look good in this fight. He lost what three rounds to none, and two two one on the other two scorecards. Yeah, he really guy that wasn't not he was not finding his range at all against Cruzano. No, I will say this though, I, I actually thought that Klein won this fight. He he didn't look good for what I think of of uh, Ludovic Klein. I actually think Ludovic Klein's much much better than he showed in this fight, but. I did not think Trezano won all of the rounds in any way. And actually, I thought Klein won, you know, when I was watching live, I, I thought Klein won rounds one and two. Um, I, I thought the striking had been close the whole time. I thought he landed the more meaningful blows. And he also scored a couple of takedowns in there, too. And granted, he didn't do too much with them. Um, but, you know, like if, if the striking was very similar and he also had some, some takedowns in there, I, I thought it was him and... If you look at MMA decisions, too, uh, which is, you know, always a, a good measure yep. to, to determine, you know, basically what's going up, uh, you know, we, we've got 17 people who, who weighed in on this fight, and three of them had the fight to, to Trezano uh, only. The other 14 of them had the fight for Ludovic. Yeah, so you're not totally crazy. Yeah, so I'm not totally crazy, and I will also say, you know, like, uh, nobody had it 30-27 for Trezano because I think that's an absurd scorecard. Um so, yeah, I, I think we, we may have gotten screwed out of this one. So we didn't even talk about getting screwed by the judges yet. All right, fine. If you want to claim that we got screwed, then go right ahead. Well, we got screwed in it. So, okay. That sounds good to me. See, Dan is um, – not only does he put a positive spin on things, but he also uh, complains about results. And he's almost like he's an American. <laughs> almost like he's an American. He doesn't accept uh, official results. But didn't, anyhow, didn't have a good, did you have a hashtag for that? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it was. Uh, something was stopping <laughs> something, but yeah. Um, all right, what else did we get wrong, Dan? Middleweight. Yeah, we really got this one wrong too. Uh, Tayfan and Chuk. We did not look good against uh, John Young Park. Um, he looked good hitting him. Uh, hitting him in the no-no. He uh, hit him twice uh, in the grind and ended up losing a point because of it. So he lost. 30-25, 29-26, and then one card was a draw. What an insane – like, how could three judges have a fight so different than, than this one? 30-25, 29-26, 28-28 for Park. Explain that, Dan. Uh, it is that, – that was an absolutely wild scorecard. Um, it, it does come our way from the, uh, the always somewhat questionable uh, Tony Weeks. Um, who, who constantly gives uh, really weird scorecards all the time. So uh, I would blame that. Um, not to harp on MMA decisions, but you should definitely go there if you, you always need help scoring fights. Uh, literally zero media members gave this fight uh, a draw or to Chukwi. So uh, I think it's pretty ridiculous that anybody was even close to giving that fight. Like, that means he scored the whole fight for Chukwi. If it right. wasn't for the point deduction, right? Like that, I think yeah. that needs to be pointed out too. Like he thought Inchukwi won that fight, and that is just a freaking wild sentence uh, that he thought that man won that fight. He gave him the first round somehow. Like how did that man win the first round? Yeah, he yeah. So one judge 
So he had Njuku winning three rounds. One judge had him winning one round, and another judge had him winning no rounds and beat ten eight in a round. Yeah, and I, guess, and I yeah, I saw the I saw the round. If you wanted to give round two to Tapon, and of course it would have had to have been ten nine, and then the point deduction nine, would have made nine, it nine yeah. nine. I can see that one. Like I, I'm okay with that round being nine nine. Uh, but the rest of them were so clearly to Jong Young Park. And like you said, I'm fine with the 10-8 rounds being squeezed in there. And I'm fine with 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 the point deduction and the 10-8 it being an absolute blowout. So, yeah, weird judges' scorecards. But, hey, props to Park. He actually low-key is looking like a name that we should probably take note of, that middleweight. Yep. Um, because apart from, you know, he, he debuted against Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. Um who, who tapped him out with an anaconda choke, which now we're seeing, you know, Anthony Hernandez, all he did was go on and tap out, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion Rodolfo Vieira later on in his career. So um, certainly no no shame in that. Since then, he's rattled off three in a row. And, and yep. you know, I, I, I kind of disparaged some of the talent that he had beaten in the last two. But, um, hey, you know, he, he very clearly has good wrestling and seems to be using it well. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, sort of what next at, at – middleweight they have for him for for that style yeah he's he's uh taking they're they're taking the slow route with him he's actually progressing nicely when you look at his um look at his opponents he's fought so yeah um nice to see what happens next with him and and chukwi just was not aggressive enough in in that fight and he another guy that seemed to be having trouble with with the size or the length or finding his range or something was not clicking for him last night. Yeah, and, and that's weird, too, because he used to fight up a weight class, too. Remember? Right, he fought, yeah. He fought at 205, so you, you would think he would be more used to that range. But also I would say this is he sort of strikes me as, and I don't mean to put him in the same boat as Jorgen DeCastro, who had a, um, a kind of a tough end to his UFC career if it is, in fact, over. Um, but, like, he strikes me as a guy who – on his regional circuit, did such a good job landing his counters and putting people to sleep that now he just thinks that people are going to recklessly throw at him every yeah. single time he fights, and it's just not the case, and it's costing him fights because he's going to get decisioned by these guys with better approaches like Jung Young Park. Yep. So we we whiffed on that underdog and lost what we had in Chukwi, who was favored, and we lost that one. So uh, first fight of the night, we had an underdog. We had Christian Aguilera, the genie in the bottle, got um, <laughs> Anaconda choked very quickly by Carlson Harris, who looked very, very good in there, um, way bigger than Aguilera. And, yeah, that was a nasty submission, which I'm sure grappling nerd Dan um, will want to break down for you, but that was a, a nice performance by him. Yeah, and I actually don't have all that much to break down other than I, I do like the way he got his legs moving right away as soon as he was going to latch on the Anaconda choke. I think a lot of times people try to lock the choke in and, and don't pay attention to what he should be doing with his legs until uh, it's already locked in. And then sometimes that's a little bit too late and the person's already scrambling. So, you know, he clearly is a guy who has the stuff on the mat fine-tuned. I will say I was a little bit disappointed in his striking. I, I didn't think Carlston Harris looked all that good in striking. Like, if he had just put that grappling performance in and that submission in, in that, you know, three-minute fight we got to see him in, I'd probably be super hyped to see him fight again. But I'm just kind of worried at welterweight he's going to run into somebody who's just going to knock his block off. Yep. Well, Aguilera is the type of guy who could have done that, too. Um, yeah. Knock a guy, so who knows? Maybe he'll be all right, but we'll we'll see. I'm sure they won't be pushing him too too quickly, but um, nice debut for him. So that was uh, 
Oh, we ended up with only nine fights. Uh, Gospie Ferreira was the fight of the night. I was thinking it could, also could have gone to Rodriguez and Watterson. That, that was – I probably would have picked that fight over the Gospie Ferreira one for fight of the night. Um, the Gospie Ferreira fight was fun, but it wasn't uh, – I, I, th- I think the – yeah, I'm thinking – I think I like the main event better. Um, do you like that choice of Gillespie or, or – as the as the resident grappling nerd, I, <laughs> yeah. that, I vastly preferred uh, Gillespie versus CDF. Like I, I for one was just like absolutely blown away with the sweeps that in position reversals and all kinds of stuff that that CDF was doing early on. I, I was really impressed by the fact that he was doing that against a you know a national champion wrestler. Um, just really really impressive stuff. And then then to see that second round, just the tone change entirely. Yeah, I liked it. it. It is kind of sad to note, though, that despite the fact that this wins fight of the night, uh, Carlos Diego Fajeda sees zero dollars on that because right. um, he missed weight, and that makes him ineligible. And I will say, not that I like to, to, to pat the UFC on the back for doing the right thing very often, as they often do not when it comes to fighter pay, I'm really glad they gave his half of the, the, the fight of the night to Gillespie. Yeah, um, I, I yeah. wasn't really sure if that that was the case when I saw the first headline, but I looked around. And it seems like that's really what they did because in the past they have not always done that. They've just pocketed the other fifty grand when when this has happened. So yeah, yeah. so he, he 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 made himself a very nice night then with that finish because he winds up with you know two performance bonuses and the second half of his paycheck and then thirty yep. percent of CDF's uh purse right. too for missing weight. So I mean man, he made out like a bandit on that fight. Well let's check MMA manifest and see how much he made actually. Um I just did this last night. What what a very uh, helpful tool. So you guys I, I know it is MMA dash manifesto dot com and check this uh, out. It's, it's estimates at this point because uh Las Vegas stopped releasing Pay info. I'm sure the UFC had something to do with that. So it looks like Gillespie made about 181.6 last night. So 100 of that was from performance bonuses and another 15,600 from Ferrer missing weight. So, so yeah, creeping he, in on a quarter of a million dollars in yeah, a night is, uh, especially for a guy who's coming off of a loss. That that's like a yep. big change in money there for him. So no, um, no yeah, doubt. Good, good, so, good to see it happen. So he, to him he got, I, I like him too. I, I've always been like a Gregor Gillespie uh, fan. Yep. Yeah, he's he's another one of those uh, weirdos, which uh, which are good for the sport, so in a good way. Um, and then Alex Morono and Carlson Harris got the other two bonuses, so they got fifty grand each. Only three finishes on the on the night, so we're we're running off a lot of events here where we're getting a lot of decisions, but um, or the last couple of events at least. Um, so we got three out of nine for finishes there, so uh, that puts that one to bed. Um, before we put you all to bed, let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check out their Fantasy Best Ball the tournaments. Are the, some of the, let me try that again. Check out their Fantasy Best Ball tournaments because they're some of the best all around. This is not written very well, and I cannot read properly. Uh, <laughs> Best Ball Mania 2 tournament where you can win a million dollars. That's when you, you want to enter, guys. Best Ball Mania 2, you win a million bucks there. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlaying player props for Major League Baseball, NBA, and more. They also have special NBA playoff best ball tournaments coming up as well. So go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code, you guessed it, SGPN this time, so SGPN. Don't forget to enter their Best Ball Media 2 tournament for your chance to win a million dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com, code SGPN. All right, so, of course, the UFC is 
has another event coming up this week, and then actually they're taking a week off. So we're going to have to come up with some content in a couple weeks. Dan, that's going to be rough. But um, in the meantime, we've got UFC 262, which is going to be in the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Uh, sold out. They, they like to keep telling everyone. And the main event will be Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. The savage Michael Chandler. He's a killer. <laughs> so, um, and that, that's for the... We had Nate Diaz. Um, who's supposed to fight against Leon Edwards, but that's been bumped off to UFC 263. So the co-main event now is Tony Ferguson versus Benil Dariush. Um, Jack Hermanson, Edmund Shabazian, Caitlin Chukagian, Vivian Arujo, Shane Burgos, Edson Barboza wrap out the main card. Um, others of note, yeah, the prelims are good too. We got Jacques Ray Souza, Andre Munoz, Muniz, uh, Matt Schnell, Rogerio Bontorin, and Andrea KGB Lee, and Antonina Shevchenko. So that's pretty, uh, decent, um, pretty decent card. Actually, the, we also do the whole car. The early prelims are good too. Land of Venata, Mike Grundy, Jordan Wright, the Beverly Hills Ninja, who Dan likes to pick <laughs> on. And this, he's another one of your targets, so just Man, wait for I, that. I targeted him hard when we did that, uh, exactly. those 10 commandments. Yeah. Exactly. Like every single one of my commandments was don't bet on Jordan Wright. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens then. He's fighting Jamie Pickett, so maybe Dan's going to pick uh, Jamie Pickett. We got Gina Mazzani versus Priscilla Cacherera and Kevin Aguiar versus Tucker Lutz, so. Any one, any one of those fights jump off the page at you as uh, as a must see for you. So uh, first of all, I love Mike Grundy. I think the fight with Lando Venata is super fun. Uh, I Ruby. will also say, I will also say, you know, like obviously you can go further up the card for excitement as well. But I'm super interested in what Gina Mazzani looks again like at flyweight um, because her her first fight at flyweight. Great it was against Rachel Ostovich, who who most people generally consider to not be UFC level talent, but she like really committed herself uh, to retraining and getting herself down to 125 pounds and, and being a savage at that weight class. Yes. Um, and she looked great doing it. Like both physically looked really, really strong, really powerful. Like the weight cut went well to get herself down a whole nother weight class. Looked like she did it the right way. Um, and she looked great in the cage. Like her skills held up, you know, she looks more powerful, better suited for that weight class. So, you know, she's getting somebody a little harder in Priscilla Cachuerta, so I'm excited to see how she looks in there, too. Well, there you go. So, yeah, it should be it should be a good card, even without Mr. Diaz on it. Um, so we will give you all our picks for that. Hopefully we'll do a little bit better. Um, this coming weekend, normally we do, what, we're at like 55% um, in that range. Dan's 53, but... Um, we're trending upwards, other than the little blip in the radar last weekend. So hopefully that, um, hopefully we do a little bit better this week. Oh, it looks like is uh, Christos Giagos and Sean Soriano are on, is on this card too. I think. So. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. Th- I saw that that uh, Soriano got re-signed, and I assumed it was for right. the fill-in spot. He's a guy, yep. and I assume that he's got to be coming up in. Is he coming up and wait for that, or is that a? No, it's lightweight, so yeah, he's coming yeah, up. Yeah, so so he's coming up in weight. So that that's somewhat problematic here for Soriano, but he's a guy who was in the UFC, it, se- it feels like 100 years ago at this point. Um, but I think he went 0-3 in the UFC, um, and then even had some trouble on the regional circuit a bit. But he has rattled off three straight wins, including a yep. uh, couple of knockouts against some Bellator and UFC vets. So, um, yeah, cool to see him getting back in there. 
Yep, so we will break down all these fights for you on our Wednesday night slash Thursday morning episode. Uh, in the meantime, your homework is obviously to uh, subscribe to the feed. If you're not listening to this off our main MMA gambling podcast feed, make sure you go find that and subscribe to it, please, and thank you. Or there should be links in this episode uh, for you to uh, subscribe to it. So rather than listening to it on the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed, um, go over to our feed, please. And thanks, because I don't think we're going to be on SGPN feed uh, forever. We're still going to be with the network, but they want us on our own feed. So um, make sure you follow me on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer, and you can follow Dan at Gumby Vreeland. Read all our stuff at Sports Gambling Podcast. Um, what else should you do? Go to MMA-Manifesto.com, listen to our stuff there. Listen to Dan's podcast if you like. Prelim Picker, he'll give you all the picks for all the prelims. And then Top Turtle, he'll have some interviews. Who you have the interview in this week? Do you know who's on the show this week? Yeah, so the aforementioned Gina Mazzani will be there on the show, go. as I, I sort of tip my hand to as uh, uh, talking so about Dan, being excited. Dan will be picking her. So you're picking her to win. Yeah, and then uh, not fighting this weekend, but fighting next weekend is uh, Yancy Medeiros, who will be joining oh, me. Cool. Uh, we haven't quite uh, t- started talking yet, but he's going to be fighting Demir Hadzevic. Uh, should be recording that interview tomorrow at the time of this. So uh, if for some reason something falls through and, you know, he gets in a car crash or something like that, God forbid, and doesn't make the interview, uh, don't hold me to it. But at least Gina Mazzani will be on this week. He's a savage. He'll be fine. If, even if he gets in a car crash. <laughs> Yancey Medeiros is a savage, so. All right. He um, is the one they, they would they would put that on, by the way. Exactly. He's like, he's like a diaz guy. Like, they, yep. they love that for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me think. Anything else I need to tell everyone to do? I think, I think I told everyone everything that they need to do. Have I forgotten anything, Dan? No, I think you nailed it all. All right, you, you, your turn to uh, send everyone <laughs> home this week. Since we're swapping back and forth, it's your turn. Hopefully you have something good planned. Oh, no, I just fall back on the the old faithful. I am David Gubbivri, and he is Arctic Jack Fox, and we... Jack, you messed up my name again. Jeff Fox. We'll see you next week. This time you said Jack, Jack Fox. It sounded like two. Like, what? Jack Fox. Me and Jack Fox will see you next week. Oh, boy. Bye, everybody.